0: Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Greetings. This is Rogers Atwebembele of the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. The church has been mandated with the discipling of nations. Discipleship is very important and especially when the church disciples believers for discernment As you may well know, discernment is that ability that enables believers to differentiate, to distinguish, to separate truth from error or right from wrong Discernment is a very very important thing for believers, in fact one that every believer must have in his toolkit As we grow in our discernment, today we wish to look at Seventh-day Adventism, especially in light of the teaching of Scripture. I hope that through this, you will understand the differences between Seventh-day Adventism and the teachings of Scripture, and hopefully this will heighten your concern for people in Adventism, but even more importantly, give you the courage to evangelize them. You may have a Seventh-day Adventist church in your town or perhaps you have an Adventist neighbor or friend or relative and you may have wondered what makes the Adventist church different from other churches? We want to give you answers to help you understand Seventh-day Adventists and what they believe and hopefully how best you can evangelize them. Adventism, you should know came out of a movement centered around the teachings of a 19th century Baptist preacher, a man named William Miller. Miller thought that the second coming of Jesus Christ would occur sometime between March of 1843 and March of 1844. Many thousands of people followed his message. But when the prediction did not come true, some of his followers changed the date of Jesus' return, to October of 1844, which obviously did not happen. People called this failed prediction the great disappointment. Though Mira stopped predicting future events, some of his followers did not give up and they tried to reinterpret his prediction to make it spiritually true. And one of these followers was one named Hiram Edson, who claimed to have a vision while walking in a cornfield on the day after the great disappointment. Edson said he saw Jesus moving from one compartment of the heavenly sanctuary to another instead of returning to earth. Edson announced that this was the true meaning of Miller's prediction rather than admit that 1844 was a false interpretation of scripture. Now two of Miller's followers who accepted this explanation by Edson were james white and his wife ellen ellen had suffered a severe head injury as a young child and in her teenage years often said she received messages from god now she claimed to have visions and prophecies that went far beyond edson's vision in the cornfield as time went by her visions were increasingly acceptable by the millerites and others as a source of divine guidance in 1863. The Whites, that is James and Ellen, and others formed the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which today claims to have almost 22 million members in hundreds of countries. In the country where I live, it is not uncommon to see a Seventh-day Adventist Church perhaps almost every five kilometers. They are many, they are increasing, and they are devout in their beliefs. Christians certainly need to be aware that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is different from other churches in at least six important areas, and I want to share these areas with you. The first important issue is Ellen G. White. Ellen White, who died in 1915, is central to the doctrines and practices of Seventh-day Adventism. She's claimed to be God's special end-time prophet, and even more than a prophet, who allegedly experienced more than 2,000 visions during her lifetime. Adventists call her by names like the Lord's Messenger and the Spirit of prophecy. Mrs. White wrote more than 5,000 articles and at least 40 books. She claims that she traveled through time and God gave her visions of the past, the future, and even about people living on other planets. Though she was not always wrong in her teachings, in her revelations she often contradicted not just the Bible but even herself. Let me give you an example. She wrote that Christ had a sinful human nature on earth. She also declared that his atoning work on the cross was incomplete. Sometimes she even undermined the deity of Christ by the way. We know now that in her supposedly inspired writings, she copied huge amounts of material from other authors, pretending that their words and thoughts were her own. Of course, as you can imagine, Adventist leaders have actively tried to suppress this information. And because the Seventh-day Adventist Church describes Ellen G. White's prophetic writings as a continuing and authoritative source of truth from God, we must make sure to use the biblical tests of a prophet to see whether her message is true or false. As you can imagine, her message will either tell us whether Seventh day Adventism is a true church or not, since they claim that her prophetic writings remain a continuing revelation and authoritative source of truth from God. Now for instance, in first Thessalonians chapter five, verses nineteen to twenty two, Christians are commanded to test everything. That is supposedly a message coming from God And then either hold fast what is good about that message Or abstain or reject or keep away from every appearance of evil Now friends, we must not just accept anything That someone who says they are a prophet tells us But we are to examine what they say And compare it to the revealed word of God in scripture Jesus and the Old and New Testament authors all warn us again and again about false prophets because the danger is both serious and real. How I wish that Seventh-day Adventist followers would examine the teachings and the claims of G. White and test them against the standard of the revealed word of God that we find in Scripture today. But the second important issue that you need to think about as you evaluate Seventh-day Adventism is the confusing Seventh-day Adventist teaching about Jesus and God. Important early Seventh-day Adventist pioneers like Ellen White's husband, James, strongly and openly taught against the historic Christian doctrine that Jesus is God. Today, the Adventist church officially states that Jesus is equal to God the Father. However, beliefs related to their leader's original denial of Jesus' deity, can still be seen in Adventist teachings. For example, Adventism teaches that Jesus was capable of sinning and failing in his mission as Savior. They also teach that the fact that he lived a perfectly sinless life proves that we ourselves can live perfectly sinless lives. They also say that he did not know for sure whether he would be resurrected after his crucifixion and that he is Michael the Archangel. Listening to those teachings or claims alone should worry you. Making things even more complicated, Adventism also has a long history of confusing teachings about God. As I mentioned a moment ago, some of the most important early Adventist leaders were heretics who rejected the Trinity, teaching instead that Jesus is a created being who is not equal with God the Father. Ellen White herself taught that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, and that when God the Father exalted, which is to say promoted Jesus to be the Savior before the world began. Lucifer was jealous of Jesus and desired to receive the highest honors in heaven next to God. This belief is very much like what Mormonism teaches about Jesus' origin and identity. Although Ellen White endorsed what she called the Godhead in her later writings, she referred to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in strange ways, like the three worthies of heaven, and as the heavenly trial. Although the current Adventist statement of fundamental beliefs appears orthodox on this topic, nevertheless Adventists are told that the Trinity is like a family with three distinct people but a common purpose and name. They state that God is one in purpose, mind, and character, but they will not state that he is one in substance. Theologically speaking, we can say that Seventh-day Adventism still contains both functional tritheism and a movement back towards the ancient heresy of Arianism. Number three, we need to beware of Seventh-day Adventism's so-called investigative judgment. As I said earlier, Hiram Edson claimed to see Jesus moving from one part of the heavenly sanctuary to another in October of 1844. This vision was one of the main sources for the Adventist doctrine of the so-called investigative judgment. This doctrine states that Jesus' death on the cross didn't finish the work of salvation. Instead, Jesus in heaven went into the most holy place in the heavenly temple, to begin reviewing the records of all who professed Christ. According to this doctrine, the sins of those who claim to be believers are transferred from those believers to heaven by the blood of Christ. These sins remain on the books of heaven with the word pardon written beside them. Please note the word pardon, not full forgiveness. Jesus must determine whether or not those sins have been individually confessed. If the sins have been specifically confessed, they are forgiven and ultimately placed on Satan, the scapegoat, who bears them into the lake of fire where he is punished for them. But if all of someone's sins have not been confessed, the sins are placed back onto the person who committed them, and then he or she will be punished for them in the lake of fire. So, as you think about this really, Adventism teaches that Christians who fail to confess even one sin will have their sins placed back onto them, and they will suffer in the lake of fire. Those believers who confess every one of their sins will be pardoned, and their sins will be placed on Satan the scapegoat, who will then be punished for them in the lake of fire. Adventism is basically saying, that those who reach a state of perfect obedience to the law will then vindicate God's character. And this will prove to sinless beings who live on other planets, mark that, sinless beings who live on other planets across the universe, that Satan was wrong to accuse God of requiring mankind to perfectly obey a law, they would not be able to keep. Now, not only is the investigative judgment doctrine not found in the Bible, But as you can see, it goes against its clear teachings. Keep in mind that the all-knowing God of the Bible does not require time to investigate the deeds of believers. Remember that Christians do not have perfect memory of their sins, so there is no such a thing as someone confessing each and every of the sins they have ever committed. Also remember that according to scripture, righteousness does not come by keeping the law. As Romans 3 verses 28 says, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And also remember that Satan does not bear our sin. Instead, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 24, we are told that Christ Jesus bore our sins. And most of all, keep in mind what scripture declares in Hebrews 10, when you read verses 12 to 14, which announces to all believers That Jesus, after offering one sacrifice for sin, forever, through his death on the cross, sat down at the right hand of God, and that by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. The good news is that Jesus died in your place to provide salvation that is final, that is permanent, and complete. That is very important for us to know as we investigate the claims and teachings of Seventh-day Adventism. But number four, we also need to be aware that the Seventh-day Adventist church sees itself as a special end-time remnant, and as you can imagine, this has far-reaching implications. The Seventh-day Adventist church claims to be the true church portrayed in Revelation chapter 12, in other words, the remnant church of Bible prophecy. They say that only Seventh-day Adventists can be saved in the end. This teaching indicates that other churches are apostate, unlike Adventism, which as God's special end-time remnant alone possesses the full truth. And this is why Seventh-day Adventists seek to convert evangelicals and other Christians to Adventism. In fact, experience shows that the Adventist church, will often attempt to convert Christians in ways that hide their true identity and their dependence on Ellen G. White and her teachings. We must also be aware of Adventism's teachings on the Sabbath because it is equally important. The Seventh-day Adventist church teaches that God requires his true followers to worship him on Saturday, the seventh day which they claim is the Sabbath. It may surprise you to know that Adventism says keeping the Sabbath on Saturday is the sign of the seal of God And will be the final wall of separation between true believers and non-believers in the last days Seventh-day Adventism also teaches that the Antichrist will set up an international Sunday law Requiring all nations to rest on Sunday and to work on Saturday When Jesus returns The mark of the beast will be going to church on Sunday, and those who worship on Sunday during this time of trouble will try to hunt and kill Seventh-day Adventists. According to the Seventh-day Adventist teaching, only the Sabbath keepers can be saved. But as with the other Adventist doctrines, the Bible does not teach that a Seventh-day Sabbath observance is required of Christ's followers. For example, Colossians chapter 2 Verses 16 to 17 says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you or make rules for you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, because they are only a shadow of the things to come. But the substance belongs to Christ. Indeed, the Seventh-day Adventist Church does not even keep the many Old Testament requirements that God gave to the Jews, For observing the seventh day Sabbath Very important to remember That while they claim we must adhere to all the requirements of the Old Testament They themselves actually do not keep all those requirements But number six is the harmful doctrine that Christians need to understand About Adventism's teaching concerning salvation I have already told you several things about Adventism's peculiar doctrine of salvation, like keeping the Saturday, Sabbath, and the investigative judgment. That would be enough to let you know that Adventism has a false gospel, the kind the Apostle Paul warns us in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. But there is still more that you ought to know. In her teachings, Ellen G. White placed an unbearable and unscriptural burden of righteousness Through works on her followers She wrote that it is gross deception To teach that the righteousness of Christ Imputed to us fulfills the law And again she repeatedly told That God requires us to obey the law perfectly On top of accepting Jesus as our personal Savior Instead according to Ellen G. White And Seventh-day Adventism Once someone accepts Jesus He or she is required to keep the Ten Commandments With increasing perfection until they either die or Jesus returns. Jesus will not return, she taught, until the character of Christ is perfectly reflected in his people. Ellen White wrote that Christians should never say, I am saved. And also taught that only those who keep the seventh day Sabbath will be saved in the last days. And of course there are other beliefs. The Seventh-day Adventist Church, for instance, promotes many other errors and strange teachings. For example, it says that human beings do not possess a soul or a spirit, so that when you die, there is no conscious part of you that can survive in paradise or heaven before the final judgment. Adventism also denies the biblical doctrine of eternal hell. It is a system that requires belief in a false prophet and a false gospel. Now, It is possible that many Adventists genuinely trust in Christ as their Savior. But because the Seventh-day Adventist church teaches many serious errors, Christians should reject the Adventist message. Instead, we must trust in the Bible alone as God's final and sufficient word. And we should be careful not to assume that most Adventists are fellow Christians, which is why we need to do everything it takes to evangelize them. Indeed, Seventh day Adventists need to hear the good news that Jesus Christ is their true and sufficient Sabbath rest. The Bible promises that Jesus alone can provide the way to eternal life, apart from any good works that you and I can do by ourselves in an attempt to somehow earn or deserve our salvation. May God help us to bring this message of true hope and freedom to our Seventh day Adventist friends and neighbors. Would you pray for them today? Would you endeavor to reach out to them with great courage, yet with compassion? Would you be one of those people who share the gospel message, who show the true Christ who is sufficient for our salvation, that many Adventist brothers and friends and neighbors may come to faith in Christ, the only one who can offer them hope? May God bless you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.